This is Radio Ukraine International with the weekly program Ukraine Global, written by Viktoria Krukova, presented to you by Vera Kravchenko and produced by Irina Samsonova. Radio Ukraine International invites listeners to Ukraine Global, a program offering insight into important developments in and around Ukraine and analyzing their global dimension in studio discussions with experts, government officials and public figures. This edition of Ukraine Global is about released Ukrainian prisoners of war, what they went through and how Russia purposefully breaks international law by capturing them. The Ukrainian reality changed on February 24th, splitting tens of millions of lives in half. We Ukrainians are a strong and brave nation. Ukrainian soldiers prove that on the battlefield, doctors in hospitals and Ukrainian prisoners of war in Russian captivity, where their spirit remains unbroken. Oleg Sintsov and Oleksandr Kolchenko are famous examples of it. But since the full-scale Russian invasion, the occupiers have captured many other Ukrainians whose names deserve to be heard. In June, Yulia Payevska, call sign Tyra, a Ukrainian doctor and volunteer, was released from Russian captivity. Tyra's husband Vadim and daughter Anna Sofia lost contact with her on March 14th. From that time, they didn't know anything about the woman except for fakes spread by Russian propaganda. The family said that Payevska, 53, had health problems and needed proper treatment. She had prosthesis in her joints as a result of a combat wound, and her thyroid gland was removed as a result of which the woman needs hormone therapy. Tyra has the title of People's Hero of Ukraine. In 2013, with the beginning of the Revolution of Dignity, she became a Maidan medic. She taught tactical medicine in the projects People's Reservist and Defense of Patriots. Later, Payevska organized and directed the volunteer medevac unit Tyra's Angels, which was based near Mariupol. From 2014 to 2018, she was a volunteer paramedic. Then she served in the ranks of the Ukrainian armed forces in the east of Ukraine and directed the evacuation unit of the 61st Mobile Hospital in Mariupol until she was demobilized in 2020. But she continued to travel to the east as a volunteer. After the full-scale Russian invasion started in February, Payevska evacuated wounded civilians from Mariupol to Zaporizhia through the Green Corridor. And then she was captured. In May, a video from a chest camera appeared in the mass media. The recording was given to journalists by a police officer. The Russian occupiers accused Payevska of being involved in war crimes and tried to use her in propaganda videos on the Kremlin-controlled NTV channel. Yulia Payevska is now at home and safe, but not quite sound after three months in Russian captivity. When she was freed, she told reporters that the Russians had tortured her, but it was hard for her to recall the details. According to her, the occupiers filmed her for their propaganda TV reports. They claimed I was from the Azov Battalion. To them, being a member of Azov alone was a crime. I didn't lie to them. I had never been part of that battalion. I told it to them all the time. They tried to squeeze this confession out of me. 
My parents taught me not to lie. Then they spun a version that I had killed children. We were taking civilians out of the shelling and there were two orphans on the bus. That's when the occupiers kidnapped us. They demanded that I confess that I had killed them. But that's absurd. I was under constant psychological pressure. Of all the methods of interrogation, it's the most terrifying one, because it never stops. They wanted us to obey the will of Moscow and recognize that Russia is a great country. We were forced to sing their national anthem at least three times a day. Putin's portrait hung in every cell. They checked if we knew the anthem and beat those who didn't. I had had a concussion and was unable to learn the words, but they still beat me. The cell was three by six meters. For more than a month, 22 women were held there. It was very hard for them not to know anything about their families. They were going insane. The prisoners were soldiers from the National Guard, cooks or clerks, people who had nothing to do with weapons. It is true. Said Tyra. The United Nations has confirmed more than 14,000 civilian casualties, almost 5,700 dead and more than 8,200 injured since Russia's invasion. However, the organization admits that the actual figures may be very much higher. The UN Human Rights Mission has confirmed that at least 416 people have become victims of arbitrary detention and enforced disappearance in the occupied territory. Of them, 16 were found dead and 166 were released. In addition, the UN mission records a significant deterioration in the human rights situation in Crimea. This includes torture, ill-treatment, enforced disappearances, arbitrary arrests, violations of the right to a fair trial and a lack of accountability for these violations. The UN indicates that the Russian Federation continues to suppress freedom of expression in Crimea, applying vaguely prescribed laws and punishing real or imagined criticism of Russia and its armed forces. Crimean Tatars continue to face intimidation, harassment, police raids and house searches, and accusations of alleged terrorism and extremism. On September 21, Ukraine conducted several prisoner exchanges with the Russian Federation and freed 215 prisoners of war. 124 of them were Ukrainian officers. Those released included many defenders of Mariupol, namely 108 soldiers of the Azov Regiment. The 215 released servicemen also included five Ukrainian commanders and 10 foreign nationals. Denis Prokopenko, commander of the Azov Regiment, and his deputies Svetoslav Palamar and Oleg Khomenko, Serhii Volinsky, commander of the 36th Brigade, and Denis Shleha, commander of the 12th National Guard Brigade, are free, but will stay in Turkey's territory until the end of the war under the guarantees of Recep Tayyip Erdogan. Katerina Polishuk, a military medic of the Azov Regiment who became famous for her chance during the defense of Azovstal, was also released from captivity. The exchange took place in the Chernihiv region, where the Ukrainians were brought by buses from Belarus. Vasil Maluk, chief of the security service of Ukraine, the SBU, 
reported that 200 Ukrainians were exchanged for Putin's crony, Viktor Medvedchuk, and Russian prisoners of war. While President Volodymyr Zelensky said Ukraine was ready to exchange even one Azov regiment soldier for Medvedchuk. Victoria Sheeran, a consultant at the Kyiv-based homology center, told Radio Ukraine about psychological pressure and its effect on the human mind after imprisonment. По-перше, те, що відбувається з людиною в полоні, виходить за рамки звичайного життя. Саме по собі життя First, what happens to a person in captivity goes beyond the scope of their everyday life. Life itself is valuable, but in captivity the life of a prisoner is instantly devalued. Abuse and torture destroy human dignity, faith in justice and humanity. A person enters the mode of physical survival in conditions that do not depend on him. This is the second important point. A person is not their own master, not knowing how, when, how much or if at all they will sleep or eat, what will happen if they get sick or how to live. All these essentials are in the enemy's hands. A person feels helpless and out in the cold. All people are different, and everyone has their own physical and mental pain threshold. Everyone has their level of self-integrity, their level of adaptation to suffering, and their level of awareness. For example, if people get stuck in an elevator, everyone will react differently. Some will be hysterical, some will be calm, and some will have a panic attack. But captivity is not an elevator. In captivity, people face limited space and inhuman cruelty. Said Victoria Sheeran. According to her, people returning from captivity remain under stress and sometimes don't realize that they are free. She shared some observations and gave practical advice. Understanding that the emotional state will eventually return to its normal is important. Over time, the mind will record that the danger is gone. The family may help to restore trust in people. It's necessary to understand that recurrence of memories, even horrible ones, is normal. Rehabilitation takes time for everyone. Nothing lasts forever. The awareness of being free gradually overtakes bad memories. A kind attitude towards oneself and the realization of one's feelings is key to psychological restoration. And it's impossible to be strong all the time. But if the stress condition persists, you need the help of a specialist, said Victoria Sheeran. You're listening to Ukraine Global, a program offering insight into important developments in and around Ukraine. This edition of Ukraine Global is about released Ukrainian prisoners of war, what they've gone through, and how Russia purposefully breaks international law by capturing them. Article 13 of the Third Geneva Convention reads, Prisoners of war must always be humanely treated. Any unlawful act or omission by the detaining power, causing death or seriously endangering the health of a prisoner of war in its custody, is prohibited and will be regarded as a serious breach of the present convention. 
In particular, no prisoner of war may be subjected to physical mutilation or to medical or scientific experiments of any kind, which are not justified by the medical, dental or hospital treatment of the prisoner concerned and carried out in his interest. Likewise, prisoners of war must at all times be protected, particularly against acts of violence or intimidation, and against insults and public curiosity. Olga Skripnik, the head of the Crimean Human Rights Group, is sure that Ukraine abides by all the norms of the Convention and treats Russian prisoners of war properly, while Russia disregards any of its own international commitments. Ukraine fully complies with the Geneva Convention in regard to prisoners of war. We keep them in proper conditions and provide them with food and medical care and don't use any torture. They are allowed to call their relatives and tell them where and how they are. Ukraine calls on Russian soldiers to surrender to save their lives. This is also important because Ukraine cares for the human life, even the enemy's life which is definitely a manifestation of a humanistic position. There are separate projects and appeals by the Ukrainian president to Russian soldiers to surrender and not die on the battlefield. As for Russia, here, as in this war in general, we see violations of all norms of international humanitarian law, particularly the norms of the Geneva Convention on the treatment of prisoners of war. One of the most serious violations is torture. We see torture with force, electric current, castration and other cruel forms. Many prisoners say that the occupiers starve people. Said Olha Skripnik. According to her, the liberation of the occupied territories is the main, but not the only possible way to free our prisoners. In terms of improving conditions, the most important thing we can do is liberate and reclaim all the occupied territories and free our prisoners of war. This is the goal that is the most important for Ukraine and its armed forces. As for other options, it is not so easy to help our prisoners because Russia continues to ignore all appeals and norms of international law. However, we can demand from our partners to increase military aid, particularly the provision of weapons, which will speed up the liberation of the occupied territories. This is the crucial thing that will help to save the lives of our Ukrainians. In addition to military aid, international presence is important. We see that many international institutions have shown that they cannot fulfill their mandates and are very weak. Therefore, it is necessary to seek and create other mechanisms. For example, we should negotiate with other countries and ask them to deal with the Russian Federation to get access to Ukrainian prisoners of war and inspect the conditions of their detention. This requires drastic reforms in the organizations, particularly the United Nations and the Red Cross, because now they cannot fulfill their functions regarding prisoners of war. Such reforms could help ensure interinstitutional access to our prisoners. Said Olga Skripnik. Being a prisoner of war leaves a lifetime mark. First of all, psychologically. The example of Tyra shows that the captivity didn't break her, but made her even stronger. She's an extraordinary person, 
who continue to help people and Ukraine as a state after being released from captivity. Not everyone can handle what she has gone through. Ukraine as a state is doing everything possible to stay humane with Russian prisoners of war, even if the aggressor country doesn't fulfill its obligations. It's important to stay human, no matter what happens. Still, it's hard not to worry about those Ukrainians who are now in Russian captivity. And until the victorious end to this war, all we can do is collect and follow whatever information is available about them, involve as many international organizations as possible to influence Russia, and win on the battlefield for the sake of every Ukrainian prisoner. And that was the weekly program Ukraine Global, prepared by Viktoria Krukova, presented to you by Vira Kravchenko and produced by Irina Samsonova.